0: Bismillah ar rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salam ala sharafil anbiya wal mursaleen, Muhammad wa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam, tasliman kathiran kathira. From Mabadu, my brothers and sisters, there is a very beautiful hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where one day he drew a rectangle in the sand, he took a stick and he drew a rectangle in the sand, and then he drew a line, a vertical line in the center of the rectangle going all the way up and then through the top of the rectangle extending outwards. And in this vertical line within the rectangle he drew two or three cross lines. <clears throat> so the sahib Ya what is this diagram? He said that this box, the rectangle box, is your life. This is your life. Whatever happens to you is within this box. This is your life. He said the central line which extends to the full extent of the rectangle and then goes out is your desires. What you want to achieve and so on and so on. And he said the cross lines within are the Havadith. These are the calamities, maybe accidents, maybe illness, what not. So if you look at this box now, this is the extent of your life is this box. The center line is the desires. It's also a lifeline. And in the lifeline are the Havadith accidents. So you get one. You miss that, the next one, and so on. And the line of the desires goes out of the box. So he said your desires are for things which are even beyond your lifespan. Now, think about this hadith. Usually, the way people teach this hadith is to say, don't have desires. I don't teach it like that. My teaching is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this world and He created us and He created our desires and He created our hopes and aspirations so that this world continues to run. Right? If all of us today here became supremely conscious that we may not even live for the next five minutes, then believe me, we will stay here. We will not even go home because we will say if I am to die, let me die right here in the masjid, good place. Right? Forget my job, forget everything else. The world will come to a halt. This is not the maqsad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants the world to run. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us these desires. The issue is to keep the desires within the purview and the boundaries of the deen. To have ambition, alhamdulillah this is very good. You should have ambition. Right? You should have ambition. You should have the desire to change the world. You must have the desire to influence the whole world. And don't worry about the fact that oh, I mean I am you know one one person, everything happens from one person only. All of this is good. You have desires for your children, for example, right? You want your children to to prosper and grow, and then you'll now by the time your child is grown and whatnot, you may not even be there. You know, you understand that. But you have the alhamdulillah, nothing wrong with that. The question is: what happens when that desire comes into conflict with the Hokma of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This is where the issue is. To fulfill the desire, if I am breaking the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then there is a major problem. But if I am fulfilling the desires within the framework of the deen, alhamdulillah, this is very good. We should do that. But not breaking the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not acceptable. Then the issue of the hawadis, accidents, calamities, what not, is where we have rida bil khada with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah for His protection. But if something happens, we say, Alhamdulillah, we are pleased and thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we are happy with whatever He decides for us. Alhamdulillah, this is there is khair in that. Even though we may not be able to see the khair immediately in front of us, but this is our aqidah, this is our belief, that whatever Allah decides for me, inshallah, this is good. Yes. So the point is that we have to we must, I remind myself and you, let's think about this hadith and keep this in mind. And in these two perspectives, one is in terms of our ambitions, hopes and so on. And in the second one, in terms of coming to, coming to terms with and accepting the qadar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Now, ambitions and hopes, <clears throat> again, I do not differentiate between uh the standard definition between Deen and Dunya. Because in my view, that definition itself is wrong. The, the 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 two the two opposites are dunya and akhira, not deen and dunya. What is deen? Deen is the name of the method of living in this dunya. So how can Deen be the opposite of Dunya? It cannot be the opposite. What is the, how, how do I live in this dunya? According to what? Deen. So, deen is for the dunya. Allah did not send this deen for us, for the Qabar. We, we, we prayed Salatul Isha. We are not going to pray Salatul Isha in the, in, the, in the grave. There is no salah on the Day on the day of Judgment. Right? 50,000 years. How many salat in that? No salah. But here, in one day there are five. So, deen is the way of living in this dunya. That is the reason why we need to learn deen. Why why do we learn deen? For what? If you ask me, why don't you become a medical doctor? I don't want to become a medical doctor. Do I know medicine? No. I don't need to know medicine. I know doctors. But what about my deen? Do I need to learn my deen? Yeah, because it applies to me. And I must know. This is the beauty of Islam. In Islam, there is no priesthood. There is no clergy. There are no, you know, padris. Each one of us, it is our job, it is, it is for thine on us to know as much of the deen as I n- need to know to practice it on a daily basis. So all the farayad, each one of us must know all the farayad, all the obligatory things that are obligatory on me. I must know this fully and completely. And I must be able to to do that, I must be able to fulfill that. I say this all the time. Every male Muslim should know enough Quran to be able to lead Salah. He must know the masail of leading Salah to be able to lead Salah properly. Not just, the the, the, ajib. I've seen here people, you, you, you ask them to lead Salah and then you are embarrassed because now the guy doesn't know he's doing all kinds of wrong things. We must know enough. Every male Muslim must know how to do the khutbah of Jummah. I am not talking about the bayan. I am not talking. You don't need, need to give a big speech. I am talking about the fard khutbah. How is it to be done? He must know this. Every male Muslim, and this applies also to females, must know the ahkam of the janaza. How to give ghusl to the body. The, the usul of, of the kafan. How to do salatul janaza? We stand in salatul janaza we, we don't even know what we are doing. I mean, people are standing. You ask them, do you know the, the dua? No, we don't know. The dua. How do you do salatul jannah? We don't. Why is it that the imam must always remind people? This is how it should be done. What? what? How many times we have done this? Because we don't. This we have made this. Unfortunately, we as Muslims treat Islam like people, like the Hindus or the Christians or somebody, where the job of worship is belongs to the priest. So I hand over to the priest. That's the priest's job. I give a donation. I'm paying you to make dua. I'm paying you to lead salah. This is not Islam. This is not Islam. You don't pay the Imam to, uh, to lead salah. So, please. Every time there is a janata, then people, say, can you lead a salah janata? Do you know? No, I don't know. Why don't you know? How long does it take to learn? Five minutes. That five minutes you don't have. Please. Don't do this to yourself. Please come. I will teach you. Please learn. These are very, very important things. Critically important things. And then for the rest of the deen, whatever applies to you in your life at that time. For example, if you are going to get married, then you must learn about the all the the deen related to marriage. If If you start earning, then you must know the Deen related to zakat, if you are going for hajj, then you must know the deen related to hajj and so on. If you are not going for hajj, you don't need to know that. If you know that alhamdulillah is good, but even if you don't know, it's okay. But when you are going, you should know. If you are getting married, then you should know about marriage. If you are going to start a business, then you should know the deen with respect to the business. So those are obligate those those are not obligatory, those are you know special things at the time. But the what is further in the deen, this is something that we must all make the effort. To learn and to know inshallah and to practice. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to learn this deen correctly and to live by this deen and to practice this deen. So that when we stand before Him Jalla Jalaluhu that we will be forgiven. We ask Allah to take us in a state of obedience and to resurrect us in a state of obedience. And to cover us with His mercy and with His forgiveness. wa